0: Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Welcome to our new series called Seasons. We've sensed a deep revelation from God around this in a sense that there is a word for such a time as this for our house and we know that God is crazy in the way He works, because I know for myself, half the time as I'm preparing, God is busy preaching to my spirit. And in fact, even this morning as I get to share, it's God speaking to me too, for this is of God and not of man. It's an inspiration from His Spirit. And I know that many people will often say to me, Grant, it's like, you, may, you said that just for me today. But then like after you come, someone else tells me the same thing. And that's because God, by His power, will contextualize His Word to your reality. That's what a rhema word is, right there. And so we believe God has a Word for us today, and I'm trusting that many of us will have that experience as He speaks. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 5 became this powerful uh, uh, scripture to us as a church. And just recently reading it, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is what you will speak into. I started reading the first few lines of that and it said, Know the importance of the season you're in, and a wise son you will be. Know the importance of the season you're in. And Proverbs is the book of wisdom, which means we can live much of our lives out of the wisdom of its words. I asked, Why is it wise for me to live understanding seasons? And I felt like God said, Well, Grant, Because the reality is, although you walk on the timeline of your human experience, Christmas time, birthday time, school time, study time, research time, the reality is that it's more accurate to say you live within the spiritual seasons that I place you in and lead you into. And so I was like, but why does that make me wise? And I read the rest of the verse where it says, but what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. Some versions say, what a waste if you fall asleep during harvest time, the time where you take What's been provided for you. And God said to me, The reason why you need to live with a heightened awareness of the seasons you're in is because in every season there's an opportunity, but at the same time, we generally are seeing our seasons overshadowed by the obstacle because there's always an opportunity and an obstacle in the seasons that we face. In our humanity, and when we live on the timeline of time and space, we will see moments of struggle and put our energy into fixing the obstacle rather than seeing the opportunity. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2 speaks about this. It says there's a time to be born. Woo, we all celebrate births. So someone, And there's a time to die. No, no, no. Wait, wait. That's one season. There's an obstacle. Death. But there's an opportunity. Life. There's a time for mourning. Oh, we don't like that season, do we? And there's a time for Laughter but well, that's the season there's laughter and mourning and and so in every season there's an obstacle and an opportunity and the book of ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2 that we referenced in that video speaks about those different seasons a time for war what a time for peace so over the next few weeks we're going to take one of those lines in different seasons referred to in ecclesiastes and look at the obstacle and opportunity and how they apply to the seasons we face. And I want to begin today by looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 2 which says a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A season that all of us experience. Now, a harvest is good. A harvest is like the abundance. A harvest is like the end of the month payday, you know, like all your labor and there you get your harvest. That's what you, your work, the good stuff, you know, it's, it's the good stuff in your life. And so we celebrate these things. They're a blessing. They're the periods where there's blessing in God. Sometimes we might sit and go, God, how can I be so blessed? It might be material things. It might be in relationships or restoration or healing. Whatever it is, often we can have these seasons and they're amazing. But in that season of harvest, there's also the period of planting, which isn't always so nice. You know, like you sweat a little bit and you put on that old t shirt and those old shoes, and you have to go out into the dirty soil and plow the ground to soften it for the seed. And then you get your stinky ox um, and you have to hook him up and then plow through. In fact, we don't even have to go back to the old school biblical context. We can just think about the reality of our own gardening, unless you're a gardener. I mean, Jesus loves you. I don't know why gardening would inspire you, but like my hands get dirty, and I'm picking up snails to get them off my plants, and then I'm having to get on my knees and pick up weeds, and I got lower back starts to ache, and I'm only 36, I think I'm 36, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, ah, this is, the, so the, the season of planting is unglamorous, Your hands get dirty. You're picking out weeds. It's not the nice time. The harvest is the nice time. And so the obstacle in a season of planting is the sowing of the seed. But the opportunity in that season is the harvest. We all want the harvest. We all want that. But it's going to call for us to embrace the period of planting. Psalm 126 verse 5 and 6 paints a picture of this obstacle and opportunity in seasons we face, specifically around planting and sowing. And it says, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. In the season of planting, we're like, oh, this is difficult. I'm just giving and just giving and just cleaning up and just making right. But then there's the harvest. We were like, woo, this is so good. Things are going so well. It goes on. It says, he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. That's after harvest. I've now taken out of my labor. This is my reward. Woo, now I'm in a season of harvest, man blessing God has been so good to me so the opportunity in a season of unglamorous and challenging planting or sowing is the harvest that it produces and if we can view things this way we won't feel we are losing something when we let go of the seed that is in our hands because when you let go of what is in your hands God will let go of what is in his hands You know, I'm just like feeling like I have such lack and, you know, there's no more that I can kind of contribute and give. And I'm just just in the season where it feels like, God, I need the breakthrough and I'm not having it. and, And God, I need you to do something. But very often we're unaware that the breakthrough is in the hands that we are in the seed that we're holding in our hands. God, there's no point. This is the little bit of seed I got left. We're holding on because there's nothing more. And I've done so much already. And God's saying, will you just let go of what's in your hand so I can let go of what's in mine? Now, what I mean when I speak about sowing or planting is a good question. Because maybe you don't understand or maybe you think I'm talking about your money. Your seed is anything that blesses somebody. Somebody. So a season of planting or sowing is one of giving our time, talents, and treasure in order to bless others and make a difference. And I actually wanted to start this series with this very season because I believe God revealed to us that this is the season Southside Church is in. We're in a season of sowing. Giving ourselves to the community as much as possible, giving ourselves to influence, having conversations, getting on our social media platforms, investing, believing planning meeting this week started developing and continuing to process our counseling department. All the legal work under the Philippi Trust which is stamped and recognized by FAMSA so we can have counselors that can counsel our high school students that can be a lighthouse and beacon to those with no hope. We're just sowing all the time into the future. We're just giving to have our, our 45, our 50 volunteers here a quarter to eight when many others were kind of still cozy in bed and we're speaking about today and they're just coming and giving of their time, their talents, and their treasure, that is what it means to sow in the context of this, and the reality is that in seasons of sowing, when we give, it always or usually comes at a cost, like God himself displayed, God so loved the world, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. There we see the season of harvest where people can come to salvation. All man can find eternal life in the absolute truth of the living God through Christ Jesus. Harvest. But the cost was His only Son. On the cross, people wept at the sight of Jesus because He was sown For our salvation. But on the day of his resurrection, people declared and celebrated. Because in every season where there are tears in the sowing, there's always the celebration of the harvest that comes through our sowing and the sowing of our seed. Andy Stanley, the well known Christian leader, says If you're not willing to give to the point that it impacts your lifestyle, then according to Jesus, you're greedy. We don't like that one. This will make seasons of sowing so difficult because it often impacts your lifestyle. See, it's no longer like church and Jesus are a slice of the pie in your life. They're the center. And the church is very important to you if Jesus is at the center of your life because the church based on Scripture is the bride of Christ. So when I'm like, oh, I don't really want to get too involved with the church thing. I, I don't want to, you know, like I like church on a Sunday, but I, I need to have like boundaries and stuff. It's pretty much like going to Jesus and say, look, Jesus, I love you, but I'm not so fond of your wife. And, and so I don't know why I told you that. When we truly embrace seasons where we get to sow, it will impact our lives, and we need to make peace with that. I remember a family uh, a few years ago that we were in a, a season of a building project. So what they did is they cut off their DSTV, and they took the money they would use for that, and they started sowing it. Now, that was a financial area of sowing, but I'm talking about time, talents, and treasure every aspect of our lives. Someway it had to interrupt their comforts and their lifestyle. And in the same way, our sowing will interrupt our lifestyle. And that can make it very difficult when we're in that season. Because there is no harvest yet. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 10 would therefore encourage us. And out of the message, I just love the way it's described. It says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And he'll have to show for his life, all he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So, this is like, therefore, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. If we don't give up or quit, man, we're just going to sow. We're just living lives, just sowing, giving our times, talents, and treasures, seeing others before us all the time. It says, don't give up, or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. When we sow, it interrupts our lifestyle. But it's essential that we understand that we need to embrace the season of sowing if we want to experience the harvest. And you might be sitting here right now going, well, I want to sow Then You're saying here, like, the Bible says, like, I need to find every chance um, to work for the benefit of other people. So how do I do that, Grant? You can say what you want, but what must I do? Give five rand to the guy at the stop street. What must I do? I would love you to join me. at 7 o'clock on Tuesday at Growth Track, right here in this building, where we will take you on a four-step journey of helping you Find freedom by getting connected in one of our life groups within the life of our church. We have 150 people in life groups. Come and join one of them. Build relationship get connected so that you can bribe with them during the weekend, come and see them at church, get involved in serving, and then after step two where you get connected, we will help you in step three to discover your purpose with a spiritual gifting assessment and personality assessment which helps position you and direct you into the true north, your true kind of shape so you can serve God, and then in step four we'll get you connected somewhere so you can begin to make a difference in one of our over 33 serve teams and opportunities that are available just for you. If we can't see the opportunity of a harvest in a season of sowing, we can get quite frustrated. Because we keep waiting for the flourishing of a harvest of which we have yet to sow the seeds. God, I want the breakthrough. I'm so irritated now in the season. I want the harvest. And God is saying, well... The only way you will get the harvest is if you're able to see that it's all determined by the fact that you sow with what's in your hand in the season you're busy facing. See, when you ask God for a harvest, God will ask you for a seed. When you ask God for a harvest, God will ask you for a seed. Like, whoa, Jesus, uh, whoa, I want to harvest right now in Jesus' name. Uh, can I get an amen out there? We're very quiet today, just saying. It's been very quiet today. And it's like, can I? I want to harvest. And then guess what? We do our faith thing in Jesus' name, right? I'm going to name and claim right now for that boat right there. If we could name and claim it, someone, for the glory of God, would have won the lottery like every week. You know, like we would know the numbers in Jesus' name. You'll give me that right now. And it's just, we declare name and claim. We think it works like that. And so we say, God, give me the harvest. And God's response is not, yes, my child, be blessed. <laughs> God's response is, then give me the seed I've given you in your hand. We ask God for a harvest. God asks us for a seed. Because like Robert H. Schuller said, he said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple. But only God can count the number of apples in a seed. So, when you ask God for a harvest, God will always ask you for a seed. Because now this I want you to hear. Because in a seed, God sees the harvest he wants you to see. He wants you to see what he's put in your hand and go, wow. Everyone's like, what are you doing? You got a few little seeds. No, no, there's a harvest here. Like I can totally see it. God's promised the harvest. It's in these very seeds. I don't fully understand, but I know that all I need is a mustard seed, faith. And I just need to cast it and the power of the mustard seed will move mountains. And that's why Proverbs 10 verse five says, know the importance of the season you're in and a wise son you will be because what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through a day of opportunity. Don't sleep through the opportunity of a harvest because all you can see is a seed. It's like, oh, it's so hard. You don't know, Grant. You know, this is all I have. This is all I'll ever have. This is how it's always been. I've trusted for a breakthrough. Never happened. And all I can see here, Grant, you can tell me what you want. But this is what I see, this little seed. What's it going to do? That can't do anything. I need more. I need something to manifest. Don't sleep through the opportunity of a harvest because all you can see is a seed. With eyes of faith, we need to see the harvest the same way that our God does when He sees the seed in our hands. Now, I've got some seeds here. And I guess for many of us, we would come before God with the seed in our hands and we'd be like, I'm going to give you the seed I have. Do big things, Lord. Change the world, Jesus. And sometimes we might give him the seed we have, but on the way, look at how small it is. Consider it pathetic in comparison to the size of that guy's seed. Just by the way, a coconut is the seed of a palm tree. Coconut palm. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So this is, I, can, I can actually bury this and it will grow. The whole of Southside Church is going to buy coconuts now and bury them in their gardens. (laughs) And so, so I'm like going, God, like, here's the, here's the seed I have, Lord. You say, I must just bring the seed I have. And then you look across the room and you see the other guy with his musical gifts up on the stage. Hallelujah. Woo, woo. And you know how it is in our culture. Everyone says size does matter. So here we are with the seed. And you're like, oh, the size of my seed is pathetic compared to that. Very often we can feel the temptation to then take that seed and hold on to it in the shame of feeling we could never achieve what that person's done or what that person's done. Or we could never do anything of significance compared to the size of the seed that someone else seems to have to sow into the purposes of God. Something we need to understand in the season of sowing is not only does it need to impact our lifestyle, but secondly, we must avoid despising the seed that we have to sow just because of its size. Now, like I said... This is a coconut, and it's also the seed which produces a coconut palm. The seed grows into an impressive 25 meters, usually along the shoreline. You see it in all those Mauritius ads and the photos people take on Instagram when they're on holidays, you know, at the beach. On the other hand, there's a seed a little smaller, and we're using a nut just to give you the example of the average size, because we couldn't get the original seed. But this seed seed size represents a redwood tree. Now, I look at this, I'm like, Lord Jesus, let me plant this. Woo! We're going to see serious miracles if I can plant a seed this size. 25 meter palm tree. And then we look at this tree, this seed. Woo! Lord Jesus. uh... (laughs) Okay, his his is better. (laughs) Like, this is pathetic. And and we, we have the seed of the redwood, and it's really small. What we need to understand is the redwood are the tallest trees in the world. One was documented to be 114 meters high. And so, based on this illustration, we need to understand... It's not the size of your seed, it's the consistency of your sowing that counts. God, I only have a little bit. God, I, have a, I only have a little bit. But God, you know what I'm gonna do? With what I have, I'm not going to compare. I'm going to accept that there's gonna be a cost to sowing and living a life that's giving to others. And God, I'm just taking these seeds out. I'm just sowing wherever I can. I'm not gonna despise my small beginnings. I'm not gonna look at the little I have, compare it and say, I can't do anything with this. I'm just gonna live my life sowing, faithfully giving everything I have. I don't know where it's going to land, but possibly the more I sow the more opportunity for a seed some way to grow in the midst of the places I find myself. Comparison devalues what God has given you, and it means you may hold onto your seed instead of sowing it. Be careful of that because you never know the power of what God might give you as a harvest out of the faithfulness of sowing that little bit of seed. In 1982, a pediatrician saved the life of a premature baby boy by working around the clock and beating the odds to stabilize him. In 2011, the same pediatrician was pinned inside a burning vehicle after a car crash. But he was saved by a paramedic who turned out to be the premature baby he had saved 30 years earlier. Don't despise the size of your seed. How many babies did that man stabilize and rescue? Walking on, just becoming a number, not realizing the power of that moment in which he faithfully did what he could with his expertise. We bring the seed we have no matter what size. And we just start, God, I feel like I want to quit. This sucks. My hands are dirty. I want all the promises of harvest. But God, I choose to see the harvest and the little seed I have and faithfully sow it, believing that at some stage in your time, you will give me more than I could ask or imagine. It's not the size of your seed, it's the consistency of your sowing that counts. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Woo! The degree of your sowing in the season of planting determines the size of your crop in the season of harvest. I don't know if you've ever had that thing where you've looked at someone and you're like, yo, I want to be like that. I wish I was there. We don't know the price they paid to be there. We don't know how much painful sowing they did for so long faithfully to reap the harvest of the size that they were experiencing. So here's a question I want to ask you as we go through this message today. What does your sowing in the present say about the size of your harvest in the future? See, for some of us, like, we don't have a lot. But we're faithfully sowing the little we have now. And remember, it's not the size of your seed that counts. It's your consistency and your sowing regardless. So for some people which look like they're right at the back of the race today, in years to come, they're going to be right up front. And people will go, how did they get there? I was up front the whole time. How did they get there? And it will be because they were faithful and consistently sowing the small bit of seed they had in a season where they might have wanted to give up. What does your sowing in the present say about the size of your harvest in the future? Because it's not the size of your seed. It's the consistency of your sowing that counts. Therefore, as we reflect on seasons of planting, may we consider this. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you sow. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you sow.